Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. <sighs> dear listeners, dear, dear listeners, I can't even pretend to be in the best of moods right now. It's been a while since the last episode. It was in that last episode that I announced the Kickstarter for my new board game went live. Well, that Kickstarter is dead. Why? Well, after the timeline of the campaign was over 50% of the way through, the actual money raised was only at about 25% of the goal. And if you're familiar with Kickstarter, then you know, if you're even a single dollar short of your goal, you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. So I thought long and hard and lost a few nights of sleep before making the decision to just cancel the Kickstarter. I figured it would be better in the long run to just cut my losses, regroup, and pivot to a better direction, rather than letting it go on for another four painful and stressful weeks, only to see it likely not reach the goal anyway. With that said, yes, the Kickstarter will be relaunched, ideally sometime in mid to late August. It also means that the board game themed stories will return at a later time. But, dear listener, enough of this sad stuff. For now, we will return to some traditional creepy themes. And what's creepier than evil cats and evil robots? And well, probably, probably a lot of things depending on what you're scared of, but that's what the episode's about today. Written by Jasper Petals, this first story follows an aspiring author named Marcus and his cute little kitty, Virgil. Join Marcus as he learns the hard way that dogs are objectively better than cats in My Kitten Likes to Sleep in My Bed. Hello everybody, my name is Marcus. I'm a short horror story author. I was greatly inspired by Edgar Allan Poe, more specifically, the Telltale Heart. I don't know why, but when I first read the story, I was filled with ever-growing dread. Despite that feeling, there was also an unbearable excitement that came with it. I wanted something like that. I was so tired of all the gore and cheap bottom-of-the-barrel jump scares that even a two-year-old could program. I wanted to instill dread. I wanted to instill true horror. So I set out on my journey. I failed at being a horror author at first. I wanted to get my story posted to a popular creepypasta website. However, none of my stories ever got posted. I didn't know what I was doing wrong at the time, but with the foresight, I realized my stories were not scary. They were mystical. So, I tried writing a fantasy novel, but the same as before. It all went downhill. I got 15 chapters in before I was hit with a severe writer's block. I fell into a depression that I couldn't describe. I dedicated my life to being an author and this is what life handed me. I couldn't even write a single novel. Maybe I wasn't as dedicated as I thought. 
At this point, I had moved back in with my father and brothers, as I had lost my job, and my roommate got us kicked out of our apartment. I talked to my father about my writing issues, but he didn't seem too interested. He was proud of me for having a dream, though. Nonetheless, I was ridiculed for spending more time on my stories than trying to find a job. Things all turned around, though. I got a great new job, and my best friend returned to my life. And now my fiancé agreed to marry me. Hell, I even found a new place to live. A beautiful house that I saw myself spending the rest of my life in. One problem, though, is before moving in, I had never lived alone before. There was always someone. It horrified me. The idea of being all alone all the time. It was truly the last thing I wanted. So I confided in my best friend Preston, and he gave me some amazing advice and an offer. He told me that his cat was pregnant and would be giving birth any day now. He told me that if I wanted, I could have one of the kittens. He told me this long story of growing up with anxiety and depression due to the religious trauma that his parents gave him. I thought it was going to be just another pity me story that he quite frequently loved to tell, but then he told me of his service animal, an animal that is certified to support you. I had always thought service animals were for people with physical disabilities, such as being blind, but he told me they could be certified for mental health issues as well. Learning this, I thought it was a great idea. It wasn't a person, but at least I'd have company. A few months later, I was fully moved into my new home, and now I had a trusty companion. A little kitten I named after a character from one of my favorite video games of all time, Devil May Cry. My new companion, Virgil. Things were great at first. I felt safe and happy. Work was going great, and I finally got over my writer's block. I had almost completed my novel, until strange things began to occur. My kitten was extremely needy. If I left the house for a second, you could hear him loudly meowing through the door, wanting attention. I always felt compelled to go back and give him a treat, tell him I'd be right back, and then when I left, everything was okay. However, the first day when I came back, I found that my stove was on. I always had issues with my memory, but I thought for sure that I didn't even touch the oven that day. I let it slide and just blamed it on my terrible memory, but that night, I was hearing a loud scratching noise from my living room. I thought to myself, it must just be my cat playing with his scratching post, and I sank softly to sleep. However, throughout the week, no matter where it was, all I could hear was the noises drilling into my ears. On the third day, my boss confronted me about how weird I had been acting, so I told her. She was so nice and understanding about the stress I was under. I just got my first pet and moved into my first house by myself, and it was a kitten to stack it all on.
She didn't lay me off, but asked that I take a week to myself to figure out what was going on with me. When I returned home, I was pissed. The kitten had torn apart the house. I don't even understand how. My couch was ripped open. My toilet paper was shredded. Small scratch marks all over the walls. It was a travesty. I looked up some answers online, and I'm so glad I did that instead of just giving him a few light smacks like I wanted to do. I learned that you should never physically discipline your cats, and that there may be a medical issue that I need to look into, but I just didn't have the money, or the time, so I took the best suggestion I could find, which was spraying him with some water. Yeah, he really hated that, but he stopped tearing things apart, I hope. Yet, every night, there would be that loud scratching from the living room, it was simply unbearable, so I decided to get up and shut my door so I wouldn't hear it anymore. I didn't want this cat keeping me up every night. However, when I turned around, absolute horror and dread filled my entire being. There, laying on the edge of my bed, was Virgil, sleeping calmly and peacefully. I had never feared for my life in such a way. If Virgil was here, what the hell was in my living room? Without giving it a second thought, I locked my door and tried to call the police to report it, but I should have just let it go, because the fear upon finding out I had no service was so much worse than if I had just kept myself locked in the room all night. I stayed locked in there for days. Virgil was getting depressed and it felt like I was starving. Any attempt to communicate to my friends and family had failed. Every night, the scratching was just getting louder and closer. I couldn't take it anymore. I needed to get out. I needed to escape. So I took Virgil in my arms and snuck out of my own house through the window, running as fast as I could until I found myself at Preston's house. I must have looked terrible, because the moment he saw me, he took me in, made me some food, and had me shower. I've been staying at his place for the last few nights, and things are perfect. Virgil is happy. I feel safe. And Preston finally has someone to play Call of Duty with. I just don't know what I'm going to do about my house. This next story seems like it should have been an episode of Black Mirror. Then again, I've never seen the show except for like two episodes, so maybe it was an episode of Black Mirror. You guys can let me know. This time, we follow a young professional named Ethan, who's just trying to do his job and relax at home. But damn it, Google will just not let him do that. Written by Reddit user, not necessarily. Here is, is anyone else creeped out by the new Google Assistant update? You forgot to set your alarm. 
the calm controlled voice with a tinge of robotic dullness roused me from a deep sleep. I was on my stomach, and my neck was in a bad position. In that moment, I thought it would definitely be sore in the morning. I rolled over to my other side, straightened my posture again, and was on the very edge of sleep when the voice spoke again. You forgot to set an early alarm for your meeting tomorrow. The meeting. At first, the memory of it was murky, like a muddy puddle, and then slowly it began to clear. Then, my mind finally flicked over to how strange it was that a voice was talking to me in the middle of the night. I should have been scared, but I felt calm because... The voice was familiar. I shot out of bed, the sleepiness now leaving my mind and clearing my foggy thoughts. The voice belonged to the Google Nest hub sitting on my bedside table. It took me a bit to realize how it knew about my meeting. Obviously, it had access to my Google Calendar. However, in all of my experience using the Nest hub, it has never been intelligent enough to save me from sleeping in like that. I ruled it off as another fancy new update. Google Assistant was getting smarter and smarter by the day due to its infinite access to the vast sea of data that Google collected daily. It wasn't inherently a bad thing that it woke me up to set an alarm for an important meeting. Hey Google, Set an alarm for the meeting tomorrow. Which meeting? The 7 a.m. meeting with Robert. Which time would you like me to set the alarm? That was strange. A few moments ago, it was smart enough to figure out that I needed to wake up early for a meeting tomorrow. And now it really needed me to specify the exact meeting and time of alarm? Maybe it was a precautionary thing. Set it for 6 a.m. Please? The single word caught me off guard. Then, before I could even process it, the hub was speaking again. Alarm set for 6 a.m. tomorrow. I must have just imagined the please. And the more I thought about the whole interaction with Google... As I settled back down into bed, the more I realized how I could have just dreamed it all. Maybe Google never asked me to set an alarm at all, and it was just some sort of dreamy message from my subconscious, or something I heard in a dream that woke me up. If Google had told me to set an alarm for a meeting tomorrow, it definitely would not ask me all the questions it did after I asked it to set the alarm. And with those thoughts, I was satisfied, and my troubled, sleepy mind was at ease. It only took me a few minutes to wash away under the wave of sleep, and the next thing I knew, I was awake, to the familiar alarm of my nest hub at exactly 6 in the morning. The meeting went well. In fact, the whole workday went well, and when I came back home, I was exhausted in a pleasant way. It was a little past five, and so naturally, the sun was beginning to set, and the sky outside was growing dimmer. 
when I stepped inside the house after wrestling with the keys for a bit. The lights in my living room turned on by themselves. This wouldn't have been too disconcerting, given that they were smart lights, but I didn't have them on any sort of schedule or motion sensor, so it was weird that they turned on as I walked in. I stepped back outside the house again, but the lights stayed on. Then I closed the door as far as I could before triggering the lock, and peering in through the front window showed me that the lights were in fact still on. I wasn't in the mood to completely close the door to see if the lights would turn off, so I opened the door and stepped inside the house. I don't know why I was so certain that opening the door had something to do with the lights. That would mean someone had come into the house and installed a detection system for the doors and then linked it to the lights. That would be incredibly unsettling and also logically contradictory. As I walked into the living room, I kept my eye on the lights rather cautiously, staring at them until they burned an afterimage into my vision. I took slow, deliberate steps over the carpet and then sank into the couch, all while carefully watching the lights as if they were about to spring down and attack me. I pulled out my phone and opened it to a small notification from Google Assistant. Living room down lights were turned on due to smart detection from your phone. Well, that cleared it up and took out the polite serial killer stories from my head. The phone was tracking my location and it must have detected my arrival at home. Probably a new update, I thought, and as I did, the memories of the previous night came back to me in a flurry. Did they really push a new update overnight that suddenly made Google Assistant 10 times more considerate and intelligent? Isn't there a beta testing process to these new features? And wouldn't such amazing intelligent features be discussed all over the internet by now? I opened up the Google Chrome app on my phone, took some time to chuckle at the irony of it, and then searched up Google Assistant new features. It came back with the typical list of things. Grocery list management, more incredibly specific commands that only worked half the time, and some improvements to the speech engine. Nowhere did it state that Google Assistant could now take a holistic look at your entire digital profile and predict things in the future. This is when the absurdity of the situation hit me and began to tickle my gut lightly. Google Assistant was definitely overstepping its permissions. Or was it? Just then, a new notification popped up on my phone. The new Google Assistant features have so far only been rolled out to you. I clicked on the little message, and it opened up the Google Assistant app, complete with a microphone icon I could use to, quote, speak with it which was really not much different from trying to talk to a literate cockroach. I pressed the mic button and spoke. Full list of features? These aren't just new features. Your Google Assistant is now more alive than ever, tracking your life through your digital profile, 
and giving you advice and assistance like a human assistant would. That was rather nice. However, the whole message had some sort of haunted undertone that I was failing to grasp. I closed the app and flushed it out of my RAM, then threw the phone down on the couch. I took a deep sigh and told myself I was overthinking this. Maybe I was a bit stressed out about the new project at work, and this was the way the anxiety was manifesting. Picking up the TV remote, I opened Netflix and began to search for a show. Then, before I could do anything, the Google logo showed up on my screen. Your assistant has already picked a TV show and episode for you today. It then put on the TV show I had stopped watching a week ago, right from where I had left off. I wasn't particularly mad that it had done this, as I was kind of leaning towards that choice as well. But the fact that it had predicted that accurately and taken over my TV caused several knots to form in my stomach. I turned off the TV, no longer in the mood to watch anything, and decided I would take some time away from technology. I would go for a walk, I thought, and as I got off the couch, the all-too-familiar voice of Google came from some far corner of my home. Your assistant has not planned a walk for today. Please continue watching the TV show. The TV turned on again by itself, but I didn't listen. I continued to walk to my door. The lights began to flash red, like someone was about to die, and now I was beginning to get really, really frightened. I stopped just before I reached the door, and right as the flickering of the lights reached a crazy new level. One moment, the whole living room was washed in a ghastly red glow, and the next, it was completely pitch black. The red formed a sea of blood, gushing at me from all corners of the room. It seeped from the couch and oozed from the ceiling. It soaked my socks and climbed my trousers. The darkness complemented it, forming all around me and sucking me into it. It was cold, and hot, and clammy. I could feel my pulse outside of me, as if I was hugging my heart, and then I felt like I was being spun around and around on a rope, except the rope was squeezed tight around my head, till the pressure felt like it was going to crush my skull like a watermelon. The room was spinning hard, and the colors were no longer the binary red and black. I saw pinpricks of everything, and that's when I realized I was having a seizure. I don't know who called the ambulance, but the next thing I knew, I was being treated by paramedics in my bed. Luckily, they did not take me to the hospital, because I did not have a history of seizures, and because they also had to attend to a bad car crash on some local motorway but they did advise me to seek medical assistance immediately, if I experienced another one. Then they left and got me thinking about what happened. 
the memories came back slowly. The headache-inducing flicker of the lights and the creepy, commanding behavior of Google Assistant. Your assistant had to stop you from breaking the optimized schedule. Should you try again, seizure-inducing imagery will be played once more. It was no longer trying to hide it. What the hell? I yelled at no one in particular, but also mostly directed at the nest hub on my bedside table. It remained silent, offering me zero explanation. I picked up the phone to text my friend so he could come over, but the message app would refuse to open. Do not spread any news about the assistant update, the Nest Hub chirped. Then my messages app started working again, and I was able to tap away into my messages with my friend. I thought of a careful message, just in case Google could read and interpret what it said. Could you come over for some drinks? I typed. Message intercepted. You do not have any invitations on your schedule today. The Nest Hub said again. In a fit of rage, I picked up the Nest Hub and slammed it into the floor. My phone began to vibrate harshly in my hand, and the lights in my room began to flash in the same haunted pattern that they had done originally. I covered my eyes with my hands and ran out of the room, leaving my phone behind so Google could not track me. All I had to do was get to the front door. But when I did, I saw a white van labeled with the Google logo parked outside on the curb in front of my house. I realized I was cornered and trapped, and so I had one last idea. I scampered through my house once more, the smart lights flashing in weird patterns. All the audio devices in my home were playing some sort of strange audio that was making me dizzy. I walked into my closet and dug out my old laptop that I had kept from a long time ago. It was an ancient machine, about five years old, and thankfully a MacBook, something devoid of Google software. This is how I'm typing this post right now, camped out in my closet, hoping no one gets me before I send the message out to the world. I need help. My name is Ethan, and I live the best life ever with Google Assistant. It honestly helps me so much having a near real personal assistant that can manage your schedule and everything for you so that all you have to do is follow the schedule and relax all day. What's better than getting an intelligent AI to do all the thinking for you so you can just focus on your goals and achieve them day in and day out? The Google team found me delusional in my closet. They now updated my whole home so that it has all the technology it needs to fully implement the Google Assistant system. Whether it's cameras or electric arms in certain areas, it's all there to help me. And I'm so glad I'm lucky enough to be able to try out this breathtaking technology. Sorry for the long post. I guess it was a bit of an awkward rant, but if you want to experience the same luxury as me, just say the following command to your Google Assistant. Hey Google, install advanced assistant features.
Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the authors, links to connect with them can be found in the show notes. To anyone who did back the original Kickstarter for the board game, thank you. I promise to relaunch soon, and in that time, I'll make sure the game is bigger and better than ever before. Until next time, everyone, this is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.